Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Calm Parents, and welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam, and today I'm talking with Advanced Certified Life Coach Diana Swillinger. Diana helps women who have tried to do the right thing all their lives be a good friend, a good mom, a good wife, go to church, volunteer, recycle, but they still feel stuck and miserable. She helps women stop sabotaging themselves from experiencing the joy, love, and contentment that they want so very much by managing their minds, which is so needed. Welcome, Diana. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thanks. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like I've been waiting for this for months. We started it a long time ago. I'm like, when is it? When is it? it? I know. I saw your name pop up. I'm like, yay, I've been wanting to talk to you. My turn. (laughs) I know, right? And I mean, the reason I'm so excited to have you here is because you are all about the mom right? You're all about empowering us by making us feel okay being who we are, right? It's not about having to be all this. So let's start first. How did you get into being a life coach and working with women? I mean, basically it's through my own failing life. (laughs) Just like the intro you said, that was me. I I thought I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. We're going to have I'm going to minivan, you know, we're going to go to soccer practice and we're going to do everything right and we're going to be happy. But I was totally not happy. I was Mm. stressed out all the time. So, you know, before I, I kind of fixed myself when my boys were teens, but when they were little, I had, I have four kids, but my three boys uh, were all together. And then later I had a daughter, but my three boys were like, you know, four, six and eight, and I'm stepping on Legos and I'm yelling at them and (laughs) I'm trying to cope by, you know, is it five o'clock yet? Is it five o'clock yet? Great. I can have a glass of wine and just, you know, please go to bed. It was, I just, Mm. I hated it. And my husband and I weren't getting along somewhere along the way. And it's hard to, there's several different um, points of change, but I just like, I can't keep going on like this. Something's got to change because I pretty much hate my life. Every morning I woke up, what am I supposed to worry about? And every night I went to bed just depressed. So uh, little by little, I got a mentor from my church and I spent a lot of time with her and I was taking classes um, and reading books, just getting myself healthy because I was emotionally unhealthy. Started paying attention to me, you know, like, um, that put your, everybody says it, but it's so true. Put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on the child. (laughs) I say it like that because everybody says it, but yeah. (laughs) And I don't like being like everybody else. I I hear you. But, um, and I'm a Christian. And so we've got the, the verse, um, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, as yourself, as yourself. Oh, I have to love myself well in order to love other people well oh like everything Mm. changed Mm. when I realized that I'm like how do I love me 
how do I stop hating me? How do I stop hating my life? So through all those people I, I was seeking help from, eventually, um, I had people telling me, you'd be a good life coach. I'm like, what is a life coach? <laughs> Sounds terrible. Somebody said, you'd make a good counselor. I'm like, no, no way. But three people said it in like this short time span. I'm like, well, maybe I should at least look what it is. There's got to be a podcast out there about it. So I'm listening to podcasts about life coaching. And next thing you know, I'm like, I am going to be a life coach. Two months ago, I thought this was a joke job. Now I'm abandoning everything else and I'm going to be a life coach. And then even more, as I learned all the training for that, even more development. So what I noticed is as I started putting these practical tools, because I had all the ideas of how to do things right, but I didn't have any practical tools to put everything in place. When I started putting it in place for myself, I'm like, my, my teenage boys were like, mom, you're so much, that's how they say it. Mom, you're so much more chill now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great compliment. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And, and they started coming to me instead of like, mom's walking through the house, you know, pretend, <laughs> pretend that you can't be seen or we're busy because I was always on them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then they started talking to me and my marriage got, was getting better and I was a better friend. It was just crazy. So it, as I explored being a life coach and noticed as I put these all in the practice, how well it worked, I'm like, well, of course I have to go teach everybody else who's willing how yeah. to do this. So Who's willing. That's a big yes. one, right? Oh, yeah. 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 So there is a lot of moms out there um, that are feeling exactly what you felt, exactly mm -hmm. what you felt um, and just feeling overwhelmed, feeling completely stressed out and feeling frankly, like they're failing as a mom, right? They're yeah. just, they're just, their life is like you're saying, their, their family's life, not what they imagined it would be. Right. So what can you tell? What are like some things, like you said, there's some tangible things. What's like one or two tangible things that, that parents can do or moms can do to just start feeling more chill and in control of, of their life? Well, I think the biggest piece of that is that we all think life is supposed to live a certain way. Hmm. Wait, what did I just say? Life is supposed to be a certain way is what I meant to say. But in our culture, and, you know, especially in the US, like, leave it to beaver started it all. Thank you. <laughs> 50s, 60s, 70s TV shows. All these ideals were created where hmm. we get married, we have the kids, everyone does the right thing. They, we, they go through public school or private school, then they go to college, then they get a six-figure job, then they have a good life. And if anything along the way starts to seem like that's not happening, we're like, alert, alert, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Hmm. But the problem is this is just a, const a cultural construct that we at large have accepted that this is how it's supposed to be. But what if it's not? I mean, really, if you think about it, I like to get a little philosophical and just kind of break the way we've been thinking of things over and over. Who said that's the way it's supposed to be? Like my oldest son, he's 22. He, he's spending the summer, um, he's been job hopping. He does not have a college degree. And he's spending the summer being an adventure guide at a camp. Who says that he's doing it wrong? Or I'm supposed to worry. He didn't get a college degree. He doesn't have a steady income. He changes jobs. 
why is that a problem? Maybe he's doing it right. Mm. Because when he's free to do that, when he is not in the constructs, he feels free. My 20 year old is going to be a junior in college and he's feeling the weight of like in two years, I'm supposed to go out there and find my way. And I'm a music major. And so what does that mean? It's going to be hard to get jobs or I'm going to have to go into performance instead of composing. And that's going to be hard. And maybe it's going to take me 10 years to get the career I really want. It's all, it's pressure, pressure, pressure. Like there's supposed to be a, a, a way to do it all. And so I don't even remember what your original question was. Practical, a practical way. Let's take the pressure off. Yeah. Let's stop pretending we know exactly how it's supposed to go because we're wrong. Honestly, we just made it, or we just made it up. You can make up a totally different. If we, if the entire culture at large decided college is bunk, nobody needs college and people don't need steady jobs. They can job hop. And we decided that's okay. And the culture at large all went on board. Suddenly we'd worry about our kids going to college. You know, I'm just saying we're making it up. So what if we made up different stories in our head? So I like to use, I get this from Shrek. Um, every <laughs> parents of teens, we all know Shrek, you're all, you're all <laughs> Love Shrek. right? But uh, I, I've, I've heard the replay of Donkey jumping around on that screen saver part over and over when the video is done. But there's that part in Shrek where they try to hunt down the ogre in the woods and, and they want to kill him. And they're all coming with their torches and they find Shrek and they stare at him in terror. And then he roars really loud. And as soon as, and they're all like, ah, when he's done roaring, they keep screaming, ah, and eventually they stop and it's silent, awkward moment. <laughs> so it's just for our fun, it's for our entertainment, but it, I think it, it points out um, how we, we all, <laughs> where am I going with this? Shrek says, this is the part where you're supposed to run away. And then they run. Mm-hmm. And so it's supposed to just be this comedic moment where Shrek is narrating, like a narrator in life, like, hey, you're not following the normal procedures right here. After you yell at the ogre, you're supposed to run away. And I think we just do that in our daily life all the and what we think is supposed to happen for our teens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is the part where you're supposed to get A's in high school. This is the part where you're supposed to be on the varsity team. This is the part where you're supposed to get in one of your top three colleges. But we can flip that. This is the part. That this is the part puts all the pressure on. But we could just be like, this is the part where we don't know if our kid's going to get in the college of their dreams. This is the part where our child gets a rejection letter. This is the part where our child doesn't get invited to the prom. This is the part where they... um, Things don't go as planned. Mm-hmm. This is the part where they show up to late, late to work every day and then they get fired. <laughs> this is the part where they're learning about life. This is the part where they're facing natural consequences. This is the part where they have to face tough emotions. Like all of that is normal. Yes. That's real life. Yes. All that other stuff that we have constructed as the way life's supposed to go. Nobody's supposed to have that life. It doesn't go that way. I was just mm-hmm. talking to my mom this morning. I'm in my, <laughs> my uh, teenage bedroom here. It's all remodeled, <laughs> but I stayed overnight here. And uh, the air conditioner is being looked at right now <laughs> downstairs and their washing machines getting replaced. And she's like, 
oh, I guess there's just going to be a lot all at once and a little bit of that stress. I'm like, mom, doesn't it always go this way? Does it, you know, like everything's fine for a little while. And then three, four, five things go wrong at once. She's like, yes, it's always been this way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is the part where three or four things break in your house at once. That's how it goes. This is the part where your teen faces emotional angst. Okay. And now how do I want to show up? So that's just, that's the first part is just getting okay with what it is. This is the part. The second part, once you have some peace with like, oh, this is the part where it's tough and that's normal, then we can ask ourselves, now, how do I want to show up? Mm. What kind of parent do I want to be right now? Do I want to be, so, you know, let's just pick one. Let's say child shows up late for job, repeated times, and they get let go from Dairy Queen, you know, whatever it is. Mm. And they're ticked off. They're like, this is so stupid, you know, or whatever. I can tell you have teen boys. You got that nailed. (laughs) My my daughter's 12, so I don't know how to do the, (laughs) yet. But, uh, you know, I'm getting ready. (laughs) Uh, It's so dumb, man. You know, I was only two minutes late, like three times. I don't know why. So um, how do I want to show up? Do I want to be critical? Like I told you, you should have shown up on time. Mm -hmm. Do I want to be bossy? You got to get out there and get another job right away. Because and you got to do it right this time. Do I want to be uninterested? Like, oh, well, not my problem. You deal with it. Or do I want to show up with compassion? Do I want to show up with patience? Do I want to show up with curiosity? All of those kind of enveloped in, in love. All knowing we can't control our teens, but we can show up and we can offer encouragement. We can offer guidance. We can offer direction. And they've got to do the rest. I mean, in many cultures, teens are, you know, you're 14, you're kind of an adult. We should be giving them adult prep experiences. Mm -hmm. And I much prefer, and I've gotten much better results when I am not critical. I used to be, not anymore. Now I'm more compassionate. I used to be really bossy, not bossy. I don't need to tell you what to do. I can be patient and let you figure it out. Mm -hmm. Instead of being uninterested, I can be curious, like, oh fascinating. You know, what's going on? Why did you show up two minutes late? Maybe there's something. Tell me, tell me more about that. What's going on? Why, why was that? Or what, why do you not care about showing up on time? The boss cares obviously, but you didn't care in the same way. What's the difference there? What do you think? And be curious and we can learn. And I'm telling you, you know, we say we want to show up with patience. Like, it's nice to be patient. That's a good emotion. I'm always coming from the space of emotions in my coaching. I'm like, let's talk about what we're thinking about and how is that affecting what we feel? Mm-hmm. And we don't pay attention to our emotions enough, but we think, oh, I'm going to be patient. But we try to white knuckle being patient. Okay, I'm just going to sit here and try to act happy and supportive long enough to get the results I want. But that's not what patience really is. Patience is being willing to feel uncomfortable while we wait. So we're like, patience is great, but we forget. We don't like feeling it. So, uh, you know, these kind of skills and and knowing where you're coming from uh, emotionally will totally change how you show up Mm. for your teens. Because when I'm not critical, I'm not bossy, I'm not judgmental, not judgmental, my kids come to me. Mm -hmm. So like a month ago, just because you're, you know, a life coach and you can help your teens doesn't mean they don't do things. They're still going to go have their experience. So one of my teens or young adults, let's not be too specific. So I don't call them out. 
uh, was <laughs> cited for underage drinking. And they came to me immediately mm. with unafraid and without carrying a bucket load of shame mm -hmm. because I wasn't judgmental. They knew I'd be compassionate. They knew I'd have love. They knew I'd be curious. They knew I'd offer encouragement and maybe some wisdom or some ideas for help or a little bit of help, enough help, but not too much. I don't, you know, I'm not going to rescue them. And this is, you know, you asked me what to call today. You're like, uh, what if it was like how to rock as a mom with Diana Swindler? I'm like, no, how about how to not, not rock. <laughs> let's, let's not try to be the perfect mom. Let's yeah. not try to raise the perfect kids. Let's not try to be at all. Let's just be more authentic. And, and, and let, if we try to let go of trying to rock, we let go of all those expectations mm -hmm. we have of our kids and the expectations we have of ourselves, we can rest in an emotional place that's going to be much more beneficial for us. We get to feel more peace and more beneficial for our kids because now they're getting some support and some understanding. And it doesn't mean they don't have consequences. Like my son's underage drinking is consequence. He, he's got to pay the fine. Mm -hmm. He had to deal with the stress of it and the guilt. And maybe he had some shame, but, you know. Um, so I don't have to add to that. Sometimes we're the ones who give consequences and we can still do that. We don't have to be critical and judgmental and bossy or disappointed right. to offer a consequence. We can still come with patience and compassion, curiosity and love and offer you know, or stick to a consequence. Yeah, I, I think that's a really, really important um, thing to focus on too, because I know this is one thing that I, I am always trying to explain to parents as well, is that, you know, the difference between really punishment and, and discipline is really the emotion that goes with it, right? So we're not saying don't have consequences and don't have boundaries, but it doesn't have to be embedded in shame and judgment yes. and criticism. And that's when it becomes a punishment. It becomes about, I'm shaming you. You need to, you know, suffer for right. this rather than I'm, we want to learn. You don't need to suffer. You need to learn. And that's a well, completely but, different thing. Remember what it was like when you were a teen, you didn't need anyone to say anything critical to you for you to not already feel suffering. I know we're teens are already suffering. We're great at that. We are so, I know. And then it gets embedded because it's so reinforced. And yes. I think we're reinforcing that those negative thoughts as parents, a lot of time in an effort to make sure we want to make sure they got that lesson. We don't want to let that lesson go by and not, you know, they haven't learned from it, but then we're just you know, right. pounding them down, 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 down. And it ends up being, you know, they start developing these beliefs about themselves. So I, you know, what you said earlier too, I really liked is just being the chill mom. Like, I love what your kids said. You're so chill. Now. Oh yeah. 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 And I, I think, you know, so many parents, that's a really difficult thing to think of as being a chill mom, because I think a lot of times we see chill mom, as just being a permissive, I don't care mom. Right. So I, I would love for you just really quickly, because I want to make sure that that that's not confused with being a permissive, oh, yeah. not care I'm mom. I'm not complacent. Yeah, complacent. yeah, and complacent. Great. Yeah. yeah. So 
Um, I guess, you know, just another example is my uh, youngest son just graduated from high school, but again, I didn't rock it as a mom, you know, his GPA is not getting him in the college of choice and he needed every credit that he was in his last semester (laughs) to graduate. (laughs) uh, But the difference was like when he was early in high school and uh, especially like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, we were really worried about his school performance and we were on him. Like, you got to get this homework done. Where's that project? We were checking the, uh, the online grade system, homework stuff every day. And that was not chill. That was like hands in the pie. And it produced a lot of anxiety for him. And Mm -hmm. honestly, what happened for him mostly was like, you know, the teacher's on me, you're on me, like, screw it. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. And so that was not chill for my son. What was chill for him in these last couple of years of high school where it's like, okay, interesting. You failed this class. <laughs> um, I'm not freaking out about it. Mm-hmm. This is the part where you fail the class. All right. Now what? And what are your, and, uh, and turning it back to him so he can have some responsibility, not chill with me being like, you got to, you know, get in there, pass this class take summer school, sign up for another one. This isn't acceptable. You can't drive the car and not chill. And chill is, um, this is important that you graduate, I think. Is it important to you? Yes, it is. Well, and let's just talk through some of the things that could happen if you didn't get all, enough credits to graduate. What would happen next? Well, if I wouldn't, gra- I wouldn't have a degree. I don't know what kind of job I'd get. Or I'd have to go get my GED. I'm like, yeah, you can't go back and get your regular diploma at that point. You'd have to get your GED. Is that, is that a path you want to take? No. Okay. That's good to know. So what kind of things do you need to do? How would that look for you going forward now that you failed this class to make sure that you go on the path you want to go on? And I'm still guiding. Mm-hmm. I still care. I'm not like, oh, well, you failed the class. Go have fun at the party with your friends this weekend. That's complacent. Yeah. Non-complacent is, and chill, is having conversations, being interested, um, leading them to uh, view future paths so they get more of a grasp of what's happening for them, Um, offering suggestions, asking questions. I love asking questions. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've been asking my older boys lately. They're 18, 20, 22. Um, and my 20, my 22 year old's not in the house, but my 20 year old's home from college for the summer and my 18 year old just graduated. So I see them I'm like, what can I do to help you today? What do you got going on? And they're like, huh, hmm. nothing, I guess, but thank you. <laughs> Cause I used to always be like, you need to do your chores, you need to, you know, on them. Yeah. Yeah. And I can still tell them, hey, you need to do this stuff before. And I still, you know, like that neither my 18 or 20 year old owns a car. So if, if they're not following house rules, I can be like, well, you know, part of you living here this summer is you mow the lawn and whatever, and you didn't do it. So uh, just don't ask to use the car until you mow the lawn and whatever. Chill. Yeah. It's awesome. And what I love so much about this too, and I, I, your approach, I think is really good because I think people can relate to that and go, oh, I'm getting it. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think a lot of times 
that's easy to grasp because it's so counter to everything that we've been taught to do. And I mean, not being a chill mom is what I see most people doing. Like they feel like I need to glom on. And I think what is interesting and what I think is really not resonating with people yet, or a lot of people is the fact that we're, we're doing this and we're, we're, we're so focused on this because our whole goal is for our kids to be successful, right? Yeah, to but, be but happy. Why? Well, right. But it's like, we want to set them up, but here's the thing. The things we're doing is actually lessening the chance yes. that they're going to have the life that we want them to have, because what we're doing is we're creating this like chronic stress and anxiety and these expectations and the sense of shame and failure, which just makes them go smaller and smaller and smaller rather yes. than doing exactly what we need to do to set them up to thrive, which is give them, you know, affirmation and talk to them and help them learn and allow them to fail and allow Mm -hmm. them to make decisions and being supportive, not complacent, but supportive. I think that's, those are the things that set them up for success. And we don't do that. We're, We're doing the opposite. And I think that's where I just am like, how, how do we get, make that clear? How Let me do throw we in one through? of the, I, I know we're Please at the end do. of the time. No, that's all right. Because we could do a, another whole Hour, time on two hours. Time. Yeah. Right. But the reason that we care so much about our child's success, like they have to pass their classes, they have to get, and it's not, it's not directly because we care about what other people think, or we want our own parents to be proud of us or whatever, but it's because we want to feel something. As a woman, as a mom, as a father, as a dad, we want to feel adequate. We want to feel Mm -hmm. secure. We want to feel peace. We're looking to satisfy emotional needs within ourselves, but we're trying to do it by controlling our teen's behavior. Mm -hmm. That doesn't do it. No. So the way I was able to come chill first is to what if I felt peaceful, no matter what was going on with my kids? What if I felt secure, no matter what was going on with my kids? What if I felt adequate, no matter what was going on with my kids? So again, we could spend a half an hour on that, but that is at the core of all of the practical little tools that I just shared. Yeah, that is, that's really, really good, Diana. And it, it's so true. Just being like, why does it matter so much to you? Right. What happens, what they're doing? Why does yeah. it matter? Um, and what your teen wants more than anything is to be accepted by you. Is that the feeling that you're giving them? Is yeah. that, yep, that I want parents that to be their main priority is make, is having their kids feel accepted and unconditionally loved. That's and beautiful. We, we really, we struggle with that. We think it's here. It's not what we say and do. Um, so I love that. So how can people find you work with you? I know you have like a course. Tell us, tell us about all that. Well, okay. What I, for working with me right now, I do one-on-one coaching with women. So, and it's not focused on parenting, but if you have kids, it's always a part of what we talk about. Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay. So I I have one-on-one coaching, but the best way to uh, start, like if you're interested in what I'm saying, if this is resonating with you, is just go check out my podcast. It's the Renew Your Mind podcast. And it's 
pretty much everywhere. It's not on video stuff, but you know, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, all the other places you can go find me there. Or, and if you like social media, Instagram at Diana Swellinger. Perfect. And I highly recommend your podcast. I listen to it and it is really inspiring and motivating and practical, which is what we really want. It's like great ideas. How do I apply that to my life? And yeah. you really show people how to apply that to their lives. So I appreciate that so much. So any parting words of inspiration or encouragement for moms with teenagers? Oh my gosh, you're, you're doing it exactly the way you're supposed to. However, you've done it all the way up until today was exactly how you were supposed to do it. Some things you would go back and change if you could, other things you wouldn't. All of it is the way it was supposed to happen. Mm. Now what you have is today. So I would just keep exploring, how is it I want to show up as a mom? What, what emotions to the table do I want to bring more stress or do I want to bring acceptance and love? what I want to bring. But even going forward, sometimes it's going to feel like you're doing it well. Other times you might wish you were doing it a little bit different. It's not right or wrong. It's just you figuring out how to do it. And you're doing just fine. Love yourself. Well, that'll go a long way with your relationships with everybody, really. Oh, that is so, so good, Diana. Thank you. I am so grateful you could join us today. Really Mm -hmm. am. I needed to hear a lot of what you were saying. So I appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn even more about how to set your teens up for success, both at school and in life, feel free to download my free gift to you, Seven Secrets to Motivating Teens, at askdrcam.com slash motivateteens. And little, I'm going to just let you know, it's a lot of what we talked about. Um, so it's not about like expectations drive just to get you just to let you know. So finally, if you enjoyed this episode and all the amazing nuggets that Diana shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. And I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.